Father in heaven, we thank you for this special time. This first service in this new worship center that you have given us. We are overwhelmed by your mercy, by your grace, and by your blessings. We say thank you today. Thank you for salvation granted through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for, Father, the Holy Spirit which indwells each believer and empowers us to serve and to make more and better followers of Christ. And Father, we thank you that your love is so great that while we were yet sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. This morning, as we worship and as we praise you, as we thank you, Lord, we do it for the express purpose of bringing you glory, for it is the chief purpose for which we exist. And we say thank you. Thank you on this first Sunday, the first service, our first time to worship together as a body in this next chapter of the story called Rock Point Church. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Bible talks a lot about first. The first light, the first grace, the first altar, the first covenant, the first time of praise, the first tithe, the first vision, the first reward, the first worship. And salvation was first granted. It's always good to be a part of the first. And for some of you, you were here when we first started in a house. Others of you were when we first started at Razor Elementary. Some of you when we started at Briar Hill. Yet others when we came into what we call now the old church, which is kind of funny to say right now. We're going to start calling that North Point. Uh, I, I will probably still affectionately call it the old building that's six years old. Nevertheless, it's so great to be a part of the first. Well, last week, uh, I was preaching in Acts chapter 2. And, you know, that's another great, there's another great first there. You see the first church, and you see the first sermon. As Peter stands up and gives the first sermon, in affectionately what I would call the first church. And I wonder what it must have been like to be there for that first sermon. And you know the miracle that God did. God enabled them to understand the fulfillment of the beginning, and a foretaste of the beginning of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, verse 19, when he told them to go and baptize uh, all nations. Go you therefore baptizing all nations, all people groups, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I wonder what it was like when they're first hearing that sermon, when they're hearing it in their own language. Isn't it beautiful that God did that? So that everyone could participate in the first. And today, I hope you can catch a little glimpse of Acts chapter 2, of the first sermon, as you hear it read in multiple languages today. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, 
and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving, giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? ¿Cómo es que cada uno de nosotros los oímos hablar en nuestra lengua en la que hemos nacido? Partos, Medos y Elamitas, habitantes de Mesopotamia, de Judea y de Capadocia, del Ponto y de Asia, de Frigia y de Panfilia, de Egipto y de las regiones de Libia, alrededor de Sirene, viajeros de Roma, tanto judíos como prosélitos, cretenses y árabes, les oímos hablar en nuestros idiomas de las maravillas de Dios. Sie entsetzten sich aber alle und waren in Verlegenheit und sagten einer zum anderen, was mag dies wohl sein? Andere aber sagten spotten, sie sind voll süßen Weines. Então Pedro levantou-se com os onze e, em alta voz, dirigiu-se à multidão. Homens de Judeia e todos os que vivem em Jerusalém, deixa-me explicar-lhes isto. Ouçam com atenção. Esses homens não estão bêbados como vocês supõem, ainda são nove horas da manhã. Но это исполняются слова пророка Иоиля. В последние дни говорит Бог, я залью духа моего на всех людей. Ваши сыновья и дочери будут пророчествовать. Ваши юноши будут видеть видения, и ваши старцы будут сниться пророческие сны. Sa mga araw na iyon, ibubuhos ko ang aking espiritu sa aking mga aliping lalaki at mga aliping babae. At sila ay magahayag ng salita ng Diyos. Magpapakita ako ng mga kamanghamanghang gawa sa langit na nasa itaas at mga tanda sa lupa na nasa ibaba. Ang mga tanda na ito ay ang dugo, apoy at sumisingaw na usok. Chue kugo yongarun nari iligi jone hega pionayo oduwajigo dari pionayo pika derira. Nugudunji chue ilimul purunan janan kuonel padedira hasyonnenira. Nishiling na hua chinting wala hua. Sanjo 마르나무 아이나 누반딘치 윤추타 아사디무 간카 데우르 마르나 웨다나루 톨아긴치 아이나루 레페누 아이나루 굴치 다위두 이틀라네누 네넬라푸두 나 예두타 프라부우는 추추춘티니 아이나나 쿠디 파슈무나누 나루 간카 네누 카달차바다누 부네달리 유레이 무틀루 딜림 세빈슬리더 다하스 베데님 데 우무티친데 야시아자크 çünkü sen canımı ölüler diyarına terk etmeyeceksin. Kutsalının çürümesine izin vermeyeceksin. Araftani subulil hayati ve semtemla'uni sururun ma'vucika. Ayyuhar rijal el ikhvatu. Yesu'an yuqal lakum jaharan an raisa laba. Da'ud innehu mata ve dufina. Ve qabruhu angdana hatta hadal yom. Fe in kana nabiyyun ve alima an Allah halafa lahu. بقسم أنه من ثمرة صلبه يقيم المسيح حسب الجسد ليجلس على كرسيه 
سبق فرأى وتكلم عن قيامة المسيح أنه لم تترك نفسه في الهاوية ولا رأى جسده فسادا In the book of Joshua, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, the Bible records what Joshua is instructed to do to make sure that his people remember. Abraham Heschel, the great Jewish historian and commentator, says that the most important word in the Hebrew language is remember. And the people are giving some tangible objects in which will assist them in remembering the importance of what God has done. We, we do that today, don't we? Today we will have baptism. It is a physical observance, but yet also a reminder of what Christ has done for each of the 24 or 25 people that will be baptized today. Last night we received communion here in this very room, and next week we'll receive it again. And it's a time to remember what Christ has done, as well as a time to proclaim that he will come again. So here in the book of Joshua, in chapter 4, verse 1, when all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from out of, out of the midst of the Jordan and from the very place where the priest's feet stood, stood firmly and bring them over and you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel and that he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And take up, each of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, when your children ask, in the time to come, what do those stones mean to you? 
Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid, laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan and in the place of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. So why do we remember? Well, we remember to give glory to God, to give Him praise for what He's done. We remember, as Joshua is instructed right here, so that we might instruct our children, so that we may tell them of what God has done as we have been on our spiritual journey, as we have grown in our faith, as we have grown with our church body, as we remember what is really important, as we evaluate the present and make sure that we are true to our mission of loving God with all that we are while making more and better followers of Christ, and our vision to receive, to equip, to impact, and to sin, to give hope for the future, when times are difficult and times are hard. To renew our commitment, as we discussed earlier. That's one of the reasons we remember. That's one of the ways, reasons we look back on what God has done. But again, most of all, so that we might bring Him glory as we see all the great things that God has done. Today, I want to walk you through 12 memorials, <clears throat> 12 spiritual markers in the life of our church. There are many more that I could have added, but uh, in the interest in time, and because Joshua used 12, we're going to use 12 today, okay? And so I want to kind of walk you through the spiritual markers because today is a first, but there have been many firsts. And I challenge you not to miss another first if God's called you to this body. The first stone of remembrance is this. It's the first Bible study that we ever had. There were about 20 people, and probably about six or seven of those folks are still here at our church. And we gathered in Carrollton, and uh, it was on uh, an Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday night. And that's Lori Spellman, who is uh, on our staff part-time right now, and uh, two other folks that were a part of our church, because when we first started Rock Point, uh, the first little group that came, uh, there were about 20 people, and about 15 of them were single. And uh, most, of them are, most of them are married now. And so we, we look back and we remember the first Bible study. And then next, the next stone is the first people who accepted Christ and the first baptisms. Now, this isn't actually the first baptism, but this is the pool, one of the pools that we use for our first baptism. The first couple was an elderly couple. I say an elderly couple. They weren't really elderly. They were about 70. And uh, they accepted Christ in my ho- at my house in our living room, and then we baptized them. Uh, matter of fact, it was just my wife, uh, my wife and me, uh, and, and the two of them as well. And so they were baptized. And then we baptized 
many more, but this is how we would baptize people. It was a special, special time. The next stone is the stone of our first worship service. This is when we were called the church at Lantana. And you'll notice it said, I got an opportunity to preach to a sign that said, what's for lunch every Sunday? (laughs) This was our initial grand opening right here. And uh, it was a special time. We had Scott O'Grady come and speak for us. Uh, That wasn't a normal crowd. That was our big crowd. It was much smaller than that uh, right afterwards. But that's where we started. And that, that was our first worship service. And that was a very special time. Our next first was our first church plants. And uh, actually, Mark and Diane Nussbaum went to Miami and planted a church there. And then this was Luke and Christine Navarro, who uh, he was a DTS student at the time. And we sponsored them to go to Soledad, California, where they still are today. And that was kind of a neat because that's always been our vision, to be a sending church. And we want to continue to be about sending people out. And so uh, Mark and Diane were the first year, and then Luke and uh, Christine went about 18 months into a church as they left to go, go plant. Um, next was our first church move. Uh, these were our, that, this was our children's ministry after one year, and some of your children are probably up there. You can recognize, and some of those folks are here too, but they look a lot older now. But nevertheless... The children, I look on there and see children who have just started college, and it's pretty amazing. And then that was the building at Briar Hill Middle School. We moved, and many of you know the story. I won't give you all the details, but after one year at Razor Elementary, the principal came and said, where are you going next? I go, we're not going anywhere. He said, yes, you are. You only get one year in Denton Independent School District. I said, when's our time up? He goes, next week. And uh, I said, is there any way we can change that? He said, I'll give you an extra two weeks. And so we found Briar Hill Middle School. And you've heard this story. We were the church at Lantana, so we had changed our name, and we were planted right in the middle of three other large churches, and God just really allowed us to grow there uh, in spite of me. Uh, I, I thought it was the worst thing in the world, and it was one of the greatest blessings that God had ever given us. The next one is the land that we purchased, the land that we're on right now. And if you don't know that story, I encourage you to get one of our DVDs. It's a great story. But God provided the land. You see many of the folks out here. Uh, on the property right there, you see the cross that we had up on our, on our um, property for a while. Matter of fact, many people who would later join our church said, you know, I used to drive by and I'd see that cross, and I wondered what it was. And then uh, I started to ask around, and then I realized it was a church, and I just felt like, I need to go there. Uh, we have people that, literally, we've baptized, have come to Christ that are in our service who used to drive by and see that cross. It's the message and the power of the gospel, the power of the cross. Next, our next story, or our next marker, is this. It was our first building that I just mentioned earlier. Uh, I, quite frankly, I thought that would be our last building. Uh, but God has blessed us for one final building. This is our last worship center uh, for me as pastor, by the way, um, for, for multiple reasons. But uh, for one, because it's our, our vision. Our, our vision is to be ascending church. And so we want people to begin to pray about the next time we're going to start another church. We've started 10, and, uh, but we're going to be starting additional churches in this area as well as throughout the country. And so we want you to be a part of it. So that's the way we're looking at growth in the future. We're going to be more excited about what we do outside as far as growth, more than just the people who simply attend here. The next marker is Crosspoint Church. 
we had planted several other churches, but this was our first local church to plant. This is Brian and Mindy Blendon and uh, their baby Grace. And the great thing about Crosspoint <clears throat> is that they just purchased their, new, their land themselves. Uh, so our plant has now purchased land, and they'll begin building probably next year. And so it's exciting. And they're also planting churches. They're also sending people out uh, on the mission field. So it's an exciting time. And it was exciting as uh, I believe 12 of our families left and went with Crosspoint to help it start. A couple of those families are back with us now. Some of those families are still there. And it's an exciting church and exciting ministry that God has blessed in the life of our church. Next was our first full-time missionary. And our first full-time missionary that we sent out from Rock Point Church is Monica Miller. And uh, Mo- Monica is, if you know who Lottie Moon is, she's kind of like Lottie Moon. She's single, one of the single girls that helped to start the church. She's a nurse. And uh, she's in a unreached people group called the Zoramo people. There's not even, it's not even, they don't even have a written language. So she's learned the stories of the Bible, and that's how she shared the gospel. And you see, uh, you see baptism happening right here, and you see the church, some of the church members. This was an entirely Muslim area, completely unchurched, no Christian work whatsoever. And she has given her life there over the last five years, and many have come to faith in Christ in that Muslim village, in that village where there, not only was there not a Bible written in their language, there was nothing written in their language. Really amazing. And we get to be a part of that as we sponsor her. And she'll be coming back for a while this summer in July. So we'll look forward to hearing more stories about how God is at work in Tanzania. Our next stone of remembrance is our first church, um, uh, excuse me, our first church-wide mission trip. And this is Belize. Uh, It was our first church-wide where we invited everybody to come. And those are many of our children and families that went on that very first trip to Belize. We're involved in multiple areas in Haiti and, uh, and many others. As a matter of fact, I'll show you our next picture. But this was our first one that we had all the families go. Everybody, anybody that wanted to could go. And uh, this is the group that went. And what an exciting time. And I think we've already got 75 or 80 people signed up uh, for June uh, to go on this next trip. And we've uh, now, if you cumulatively put everybody together, we've had hundreds of people go there counting our other mission, uh, mission spots as well. Our next stone um, are our full-time missionaries. Now, you see right here the four lows. Many of you remember when we sent them out. They only went out about nine months ago. The Sphinx family, and they're in Vancouver, and our youth are going up there to do a mission trip this summer. Uh, the Sphinx family in Transylvania, uh, the Romania area, and then Greg and Tori Finley, uh, who are in Rwanda. And we're supporting each of these families. And also not noted up there is Doc Henry, uh, who is another missionary who comes back and forth to our church. Uh, he'd been doing that for a long time, even before he came with us, and we have a chance to partner with him. But here are families that have gone out from our church, and they're serving on the field right now. And just a neat time of people on the foreign field. And then, last but not least, uh, you see on, uh, on my left, on your right, uh, that's the school in Haiti. Some of our folks helped to build, and uh, the school where there was no building for them, and now there's a second building, and many of you men have gone on that trip. And then, no, unfortunately, you can't see it. This right here, 
Someone's holding the millionth meal that we packed this past year. When we packed a million meals uh, for children in Haiti. And now we're using those, that same food here locally in food banks. And so to point, I don't know the exact number. We're probably at about uh, 1.4, 1.5 million meals that Rock Point Church has packed and sent out for those who are hungry. So... It's been exciting to see what God has done. And this is, I know, a little bit different type of service because this is a time where, again, we remember, but it's also a time where we prepare for the future. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for the great things that you're doing, and thank you for what you will do in the days ahead. As my brothers and sisters who feel your call and have felt led to be a part of this body, Walk this, step, walk this bridge, Lord. I pray that they would be faithful to pray, faithful to study, faithful to serve, faithful to share, faithful to give as they renew their commitment to you, as they renew their commitment to the body of Rock Point to make more and better followers of Christ, to receive, to equip, and to impact and to send. Lord, thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for this first in our lives again. In the name of Jesus, we